0: And we are live once again. I am your host, Eric. And joining me this evening, the great, the powerful Josh Denny. How's it going, buddy?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: Oh, man. I, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. So,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's not. you would not be doing well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, when you want to talk about uh, people getting canceled in the media and everything, uh, Josh Denny is your guy. Yeah. So just I- about everything
1: unfortunately i've sort of become the resident expert which i was never my intention was to be the guy who you know can get who's been i think i've had more attempted cancellations than anybody in the history of the internet like if i were a president i would have been the most uh, assassinations attempted against right
0: (laughs) that's a that's not really a good thought to think about you know just people just randomly coming up to you in the street trying to kill you
1: (laughs) Yeah, but except you know, just my career. So not really yeah, just- in the same sort of dire straits of like a president, but yeah, just my just like my ability to make a living and have a life and you know, function in the yeah. world. That's all they're concerned with.
0: Yeah, it's like the uh, the old school uh, shunning. We want to make sure that you just stay inside your house and don't ever show your face in public again.
1: Yeah, like yeah, like the Amish.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh no, we don't we don't talk to Brother Hezekiah anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and at least in the Amish communities, there's like way more, you know, incest. So at least you're getting, at least you're getting laid a little bit, right? So at least, like, at least when the community shuns you, you can still go home and fuck your sister. You know what I mean? It's it's way
0: different out here in these internet streets. Yeah, and before anybody says, "Oh, you're just picking on the Amish," how are they going to know, guys?
1: Yeah, no idea if yeah, by the way, the Amish do not the Amish do not stick to their own rules at all. If you ever watch those Amish reality shows. Oh, yeah, like, no, they've yeah, got like
0: cell phones and everything else. Yeah, crazy. cell
1: phones and secret cars and like they're they're not doing any. If you want to find out about the like the hypocrisy and organized religion, look no further than the Amish there. The whole thing is a fucking facade. <laughs> all, it is now, all it is now is an excuse not to pay federal income tax. That's all it is. Which you gotta say, based. Pretty yeah. yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> Pretty ingenious, honestly. The Amish—they're not, you know, they're not fucking around at all.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it was always kind of funny because uh, I knew uh, one guy when I was in the army. He was uh, Amish, and during Rumspringa, he decided to join the military just so he can get away
1: i think that's and, the opposite of what you're supposed to do on Rumspringer. i think that's for like cocaine and loose women not <laughs> joining the military
0: right yeah and he was telling us all kinds of things he goes yeah you know some of us have got like uh old beat-up pickup trucks from like the 1950s uh, he goes and in my house we had a secret telephone i was like what do you mean secret yeah. telephone he was like it was a little closet and the telephone landline was plugged in all the way at the back behind a whole bunch of coats so that the rest of them didn't see it
1: yeah Imagine if that thing rang in the middle of dinner when you have people over, just what a... what a oh, just real awkward silence. That would have Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know... That would literally... <laughs> that would literally be, like, during slave times, going over somebody's house. I mean, after slave times, and they still after. have them. They still have them, and you're not supposed to, and you gotta be like, fuck, are we supposed to... Are we supposed to, like, write a letter or something? What do we do? Like-
0: yeah. But you, you look around, and it's like, do we tell them? And then the guy's just like he's like, no, I pay them. <laughs> sure, you know, I, I give them food. There's there's a place yeah. to stay.
1: Yeah, they make a living wage, let's say. Uh, yeah, so I don't sort know, of. man. It's it, it'd be weird, but I do I do enjoy a good Amish reality show. I've watched them all. They're pretty they're pretty entertaining.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially that one they had uh, not too uh, long ago it was the uh, was the Amish mafia. Oh all yeah, that was got, a good like, one. pump action yeah. shotguns
1: fucking lebanon levi right
0: yes, yes exactly. I, grew,
1: I grew up in i grew up outside of philly like 90 minutes from all that so i remember we would drive through there in the country or whatever like on the way north but uh and then there was a period of time where I, when i was a district manager for croc shoes i had the i had the whole northeast u.s and so i had the let's take a moment stories. to appreciate
0: being a district manager for crocs yeah, yeah
1: yeah it was one of my many many occupational stops along the way of becoming a comedian but uh and then we we pulled into this uh we we had a location a kiosk location in the lancaster mall and lancaster is like fully amish country but like regular people live there too so it's just like mixed in so you'll be at like a restaurant and there's just like there's literally like a horse-drawn carriage outside at the restaurant taking up two spaces
0: nice oh and they double park they're worse than bimmer drivers
1: oh yeah they, they, <laughs> they'll they put that shit everywhere they don't care they're in the mall I, I was like when they were in malls i was just like how you know what are you buying like, what are you guys yeah. oh,
0: doing? yeah going into the wilson's leather
1: yeah what are you doing at the sprint store shout
0: Funny. out wilson's children leather
1: children of the corn yeah one of the one of your finer mall stores from the
0: 90s well, since leather, you could walk past that place without smelling like all the new brand new jackets and everything. It's like, oh, one day I'll have four hundred dollars for a new leather
1: coat. You know what was weird too? Is like, didn't all the urban jackets smell different? Like there were so there were like biker jackets, right? Yeah. And then there were leather jackets that were clearly made for black people. Like they <laughs> literally they had like patches and eight balls and like graffiti all over them. And then yeah. those, and those had a distinct smell and i ju- that's what i remember from wilson's lever where, where, where i was like this smells like the people it was designed to be sold to how do they put the smell into the jacket
0: it's just the, you know they rub the uh, the whole leather jacket down with shea butter
1: that's what i wonder do they, do they yeah, have like can't have the jacket getting nasty that part of the is that part of the assembly process where they're just like all right now rub it on some fresh blacks before we put it in the box and send it to lancaster
0: pennsylvania Oh, imagine being in that focus group. I was like, okay, gentlemen, can you step in this room? It's like, hey, why are we all the same color? Yeah, what is this? Also, what do these
1: jackets smell like to you? And I got to be the one guy who's like, is anybody going to admit that they smell like black people? Like, that's
0: what it smells (laughs) like, right?
1: Is that what you're going for?
0: Yeah, but then your uh, anti-racist white brain would take over and it goes, oh, it's got a nice uh, kind of earthy smell to it.
1: Yeah, I assume the Scarface logo on the back of it in 30 by 30 was uh, that was your intention?
0: Dude, and you that's know, oh, uh, oh
1: the other one that was big in the '90s was like everything was like Africa themed, so it would be like there'd yeah. be like regular jackets, and then there'd be ones that were like clearly designed by the people who listen to Tribe Called Quest. And yep. and then that was his face was like, would that be that, yellow, that, his mane that, would be green, uh, yeah, yeah and that, black. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was like the when I say there was like leather jackets that were made specifically for black people. That's what it was. They had like Africa on the back and like. The sleeves are like checkered of the colors of the African flag. And then those just, they all, they happen to smell like black people, like even fresh out of the shipping. It wasn't like black people tried them on and then that's why they, no, it was like they found a way to get that smell, 90s black guy, and they put it in the jackets when they showed up. (laughs) It was pretty, it was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. You know, shout out to the person who figured out what the scent was, I guess. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, I would hate. I would hate to be the guy. I would hate to be the the, the ex Nuremberg Nazi scientist who was tasked with that job. Like, well, actually, I have quite a few. Uh, I'm very close. I was very close forty years ago. So he's like, I've been working on the black smell for sixty years.
0: <laughs>
1: Why have you been working on this for so long, Klaus? Yeah, no reason. Just a pet project, passion. You know, side passion. Friend, Vers- I go nine you to five. You know, 9 to 5 all day killing Jews. You you know, you get a, you got to have some kind of uh, you know, release when you get home and so I work on the fragrances.
0: <laughs> he's there he's there at Nuremberg like sweating uh, bullets and it was like, well, "Why did you create black person smell?" And he goes, yeah. uh, "Um, diversity."
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like, "What well, what if what if the what if Jews had invented that smell as like a camouflage to escape?" And then he was like, very crafty, Jews, but we will find a way to repurpose this for profit.
0: Yes, we will do this later. When all of your kids are grown up and they are going out to buy $400 jackets at the mall.
1: Exactly, yes. you will. Then you will, you will smell the smell and you will
0: remember the same. I'm a cowbrow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm half German, so like all of my German jeans right now are just tinkling. Have to, have yeah, D- you want to take some else. shit
1: over you're, Yeah, it takes you <laughs> back, right? That if yeah, I'm like looking across DNA. the street at my
0: neighbor's yard and I just kind of want to annex it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you have a very nice radio station over there.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, oh, podcast studio. Very nice. <laughs> That's one thing that we kind of that we really missed out on uh, by World War II being so long ago is like the Nazi reconstruction podcasts, just like you know, guys going on like, well, you know, the city is pretty fucked up, but uh, we're working on it, and you know, this time we promise some Jews. Let's not be crazy. We will let them back, and uh, but you know, let's you know, let one at a time. First, we rebuild the buildings, and then and maybe we invite some back like that would that would have been a hilarious time for there to have been podcasts it's like after after a country after a country goes through a failed genocide i want those podcasts where are those podcasts like the the just dictators and people on the wrong side of history having to (laughs) immediately go to the podcasting world to like listen uh, there's a lot of things that people are saying about us it's not true right uh yeah. yes we did try to erase the jews from the planet but uh you know win some lose some and here we are now please uh f- and that leads me to my next thing is uh, manscaped go to manscaped.com slash uh, Nazis uh, for 40 percent <laughs> off your next order <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes be sure to check the show notes below and smash like and subscribe yes
1: yeah, smash smash the like button as like like
0: it's your, like your life depends on it <laughs>
1: depends on oh it. God so ring funny. the bell for
0: the notifications because you want yeah. notifications
1: yes you need the notifications that's how you know episode is coming. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's. I feel like I feel like my
1: Nazi uh, accent is f- switching between uh, German and NoHo Hank from the the show Barry on HBO. That's
0: <laughs> actually a great show. I was like a little leery at first when I uh, first watched it, and so I was like, oh, "Come on, this goofball from Saturday Night Live!" And it was like, "They actually watched the show, and it's like, it's
1: oh, I, I see what they're doing here. It it's awesome. one of the best. Yeah, it's one of the best shows uh, on TV for sure." the the last picked
0: it up henry winkler as the acting teacher is just hilarious that's classic yeah yeah
1: (laughs) And, and and i love that it's it's sort of not even close to like lost on him that uh you know that that's that's a very ironic choice or not even ironic but it's kind of like a fitting choice that somebody who's never really been regarded for their acting prowess gets to play okay. this sort of like nar- super narcissistic failed actor turned acting coach in la yeah it's like, that's like oh you won't be able to there. make it in hollywood without me yeah who <laughs> like didn't make it in hollywood yeah yeah it's funny stuff
0: yeah great show great show it was like surprising it was like next thing you know you're into it like four episodes deep and you're like okay now i guess this is going to be on the rotation now <laughs>
1: yeah i mean there's too many fucking shows is there not like that's one of the things i hate about straight like now i remember so i think somebody said this in a stand-up special or maybe a podcast i watched recently but they were like enough of people like having to get to the third season of a show for it to be good like and i agree with that sentiment like if the if i'm not if the pilot episode doesn't hook me into the show i'm done there's a million other shows
0: like yeah, you gotta really, so get me, you
1: gotta really get me in right away, or else I'm just not, I'm not watching your fucking show. I don't care how many people tell me it's great. Like I'm just not watching it.
0: Yeah, like I'll always give a show like at least three episodes if it hasn't
1: caught me by then. You know? Nah, but see, not that's you way too liberal with your time there, Eric. Oh. Way too liberal. Way, <laughs> way, too, way too generous. Liberal. Yeah, way you're out liberal. here like it's you're out here like it's 2012 or some shit. But I just think about shows and there are shows out there that if like I didn't if I didn't wait for them to pick up, I would have never gotten into them. Like, uh, I'm sure there are some legendary shows that have started kind of slow, but it's like that's not a luxury you have anymore. Like back when The Sopranos came out and there were like two scripted series, you could take a whole season to develop a story. You can't do that anymore. There's 5000 other shows that launched today.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was one of my main gripes when watching The Expanse because, like that first season, just kind of drags because they have so much exposition to get through. And then uh, after that, you know, you're kind of like, okay, now we're off to the races. Okay, cool. There's a proto molecule and it's killing people.
1: Yeah, I just I hate uh, I hate shows like that also where they do that expositional shit and they don't do, like put it in the script. Develop the characters <laughs> in the story over the show, like over the 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 show itself. Don't tell me. Like the prologue of Star Wars is why Star Wars is such a fucking piece of shit film. Because without the prologue <laughs> of Star Wars, it makes no sense at all to watch that movie.
0: Right. Right? We can, yeah, if he didn't they, have that space crawl, you'd yeah. be kind lost right in the first he scene.
1: Goes, so, how, why is that the bad guy? Oh, is he because he's wearing all black? Like, is that how we're supposed to know? The character develop the first star, three Star Wars movies are utter trash and i get into trouble with people about this all yeah. the time because they're like the holy grail no, and, know, and i'm a star wars worst, fan those are the worst fucking movies yeah. ever made dude they're like planned yeah, i'm a star wars fan and i will agree with you
0: yeah like they're, dialogue no, is, is
1: clunky people hate it but i'm like episode seven is better than the first six episodes of star wars cinema cinematically as a piece of cinema as a film episode seven better than the first six star wars but the prequels are better films than the originals at least there's character development at least there's like a a a script seemingly like literally fucking star wars looks like a student film the first one so bad and not too far removed
0: from his first student film thx 1138
1: yeah, the you know the uh, what was I gonna say? The first season of Mandalorian is the best thing with the Star Wars name on it e- ever of everything.
0: Yeah, you just take Star Wars and you make a spaghetti Western out of it.
1: Yes, it's the greatest thing. That's <laughs> really like, and it was like George Lucas didn't even have the vision to see that in the first Star Wars movies. It was just like, what are you doing? And like, <laughs> so you, and then for three movies, we think this guy's gonna fuck this chick, and then turns out she's gonna—that's a sister. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's yes it's a great part of our childhood it's the same thing with back to the future like the worst thing you think a guy could do if he had a time machine was go back and fuck his mom like that's what you think like man you know what like if we had time machines yeah we'd want to go back and kill hitler but you know what would be really hard to do is to not fuck your own mother and they're like yeah that's a film
0: make that a film <laughs> yeah it was uh, really bizarre watching that one as a kid i was like wait that's his mom why is she like all over him shouldn't she just like no yeah and, and I then the end like, scene she even gives this that little line is like oh, i don't know when i kiss you it's like kissing my brother
1: and, yeah or my ugh.
0: yeah and then you're so, kind of like thinking it was like wait you've kissed your brother like that what but What's also too
1: it's like but like I, I mean maybe i'm alone in this but like i don't think i don't they're like oh yeah no but what you you don't understand is she'll he'll go back in time and she'll be hot and it's like nobody's mom is ever hot to them or should like There's no amount of hot, like, there's no amount of hot Leah Thompson if she were my mom where I'd be like, now, because it's 1950 and I haven't been born yet, now, I'd smash it. You know what I mean? Or even, like, that he's got to go back and not, and then the the worst thing is, is his mom wants to fuck him, and then what he has to do is he's got to befriend his dorky, shitty father and fucking, and then, like, uh... It was a gigantic yeah, to pervert. fuck his mom like he's literally got a wingman his own father to fuck his mother like ugh. Yeah. That's like a definition of incel. <laughs> I would unmake myself. I'd be like dad, there's there's way different bitches out there. What are you doing? Like
0: Yeah, history is unzipping. I'm seeing my brothers and my sisters disappear from this photograph. I'm I'm thinking I want to disappear too.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a no thank you for me. Like <laughs> And also, you're you're in a fucking time machine, and now you're you're you've got to like you're saddled with the with the job of ensuring your own existence. No thanks. I'll yeah. check out some other 1950s shit. Like for the idea that you weren't like, I'd be like, show me where they're shooting black people with fire hoses. I want to see that shit. That's hilarious. Go back to Selma, Alabama things. in the in yeah, the, in
0: let
1: the, let the 60s. Yeah, let me see one of those things up close. That sounds uh, uh, fucking horrendous. Right. Yeah, it's really I fun. To, I would, uh, you just going go back like in like time cars and maybe. coffee. Oh, we got a little no, delay no. going
0: on here. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, Back to the Future ruined like DeLoreans, uh, DeLorean owners, because every time you see one at the uh, cars and coffee, and he goes, and you'll notice that this doesn't have any of that Back to the Future bullshit all over it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was just a fucking retard who bought this car that uh, from a company that didn't exist like six months after they all shipped. Yeah 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 they go what year delorean was this the year the year they made them <laughs> yeah yeah there was yeah, a the 81 uh, 82 you don't and that was want, it yeah yeah you don't want an 84 they're they're the real shit the real sweet spot is the 81 to 82
0: <laughs> yeah know, there's a uh, company 80. in dallas texas that went to the uh the manufacturing plant in ireland bought all of the stuff on the shelves So they've got new in-box old parts.
1: And they're going to assemble new DeLoreans?
0: Yeah. They put like an Acura V6 in the back, and they're about, you know, 40 grand. (laughs) That's ridiculous. That's insane. But, you know, props to that guy. Figured out a way to to fleece the public.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? No kidding. Might as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's a really good I guess there's a really good John DeLorean documentary. I haven't watched it yet though, because they did this thing that I hate that documentaries do where they like they put like scripted shit inside the documentary. Like, no, it's half movie, oh, half documentary, and I go, ew, don't do that.
0: Oh, dramatizations. Those are the worst.
1: Yeah, it's like, what are we watching? Discovery Channel? Get this shit off my TV. <laughs> I want to see a coked out fucking ex-billionaire just sitting there in his in his mansion and like uh you
0: know pretend to not know that his cars are being shipped out with bags yeah i want
1: to see that guy in honduras (laughs) pretending that the fucking planet isn't on fire around him like i I, show me the delusional cult leader in his robes and stuff i don't want a fucking dramatic reenactment of his heyday i want to see where i want to see where he's fallen to you know like that's the thing is that the story by itself should be good enough like if you gotta write extra shit for a documentary you're probably making a documentary about something that doesn't need to be talked about at all
0: yeah or you know factually inaccurate as they're what to do
1: yeah yeah then they're just stretched then it's just all a piece of fiction like loosely based in reality
0: yeah that those uh things on like the history channel and everything where they've got like a reenacted thing and you're like oh, come on guys we have no idea if this conversation even took place
1: yeah ridiculous
0: terrible Terrible
1: TV, but like, not you to derail. You were in TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in. I was. In, I wouldn't say the worst kind of TV because I still think the worst kind of TV to be in is children's television. Um, oh, like I, I'm, I'm sure I'm certain anyone who's worked on a children's TV show has literally watched billionaires tr- drink the blood of a child while they rape it in front of them. Uh, there's no question. Yeah. So yeah, I there's there's no way that I would ever be able to I would rather do I've said this many times on many a podcast that if gun to the head if you said gay porn for the rest of your life or one day of
0: children's television I'd go please the gay porn. (laughs) Yeah at least then I don't have to feel too bad about what I did. You
1: know yeah I I actually don't think I could live with what I would see in a day of children's television. (laughs) I could stomach getting fucked by guys every day for the rest of my life. I'm not some (laughs) sick animal
0: Yeah, then of course the the bad thing is like seeing that guy later at like a uh, at a Jamba Juice, and you have to do that awkward, "What's up, dude?"
1: Yeah, pre- yeah, and pretend you didn't just watch fucking Blues Clues, like you know, <laughs> molest the child behind the in the green room. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. such a it's such a strange like children's programming should be one hundred percent animated and written by parents. Anything other than that, like it gets real dicey and creepy. Like, no, no. Imagine pitching Barney like, no, no, it's a dinosaur show, but I'll be in a suit. And it's a guy who looks like me. And they go like, what? (laughs) You're going to be in a suit. Yeah, I'm going to pretend to be a dinosaur. And the kids will dance with me and they'll sit on my lap and then we'll (laughs) sing songs and they'll sit on my lap. And then what we'll do is we'll have a little adventures in story time where they sit on my lap. And back then people were like, all right, Yeah
0: yeah that sounds ignore.
1: good yeah and if and if the front of the suit looks hard you know uh don't ignore that it's my tail just yeah. my tail poke like
0: oh now i've got this vision of like is, some cat that looks like you sitting in the uh barney costume with the head off like smoking a cigarette <laughs> oh these fucking little bastards today
1: yeah yeah they gotta come hose the cum out of the inside of my dinosaur suit every day because i just can't fucking deal yeah give me the gay that's it, that's a pay-
0: like position for one of the interns
1: <laughs> yeah that's why like when that that whole scandal came out with the sesame street guy with like turns out he was diddling kids I go turns out what the fuck do you think you, what do you think you get what do you think you decide to be Elmo to do that would be like if somebody was like you know it turns out dan bilzarian is fucking all those models you'd be like get out of here really no way is that why he's flashing money all over instagram he actually wants to fuck these girls like of course the elmo guy was diddling kids why do you do where do you create that from
0: yeah i mean it's like government all the worst people are going to end up there so like all of the pedophiles are going to go to the kids shows children's
1: yeah. television yeah like why would you want to be around most regular people even hate <laughs> their own children why would you want to be around other people's children yeah if not to uh,
0: stick a finger inside of them but yeah, uh yeah we got amazing. a comment here from uh from magoo just showed up to hear hose the come out of my costume so yeah there you're you welcome
1: go. it's a good time <laughs> to come in magoo oh,
0: yeah he, I, I just had him on a couple episodes ago he's uh ignore the rants. so shout out to those guys
1: okay cool <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's there's a real sickness to like that side of Hollywood, you know, and you've I'm sure you've seen all the documentaries on YouTube and stuff, but it's like I never I never get tired or, or shouldn't say tired, but I'm never surprised anymore at some of the like the grossness that comes out in those things where you're just like,
0: oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember back in like the nineties when all of the uh the sudden like all the kids that were in the uh Mickey Mouse Club in the in the late eighties. They're all coming out saying, "Yeah, you know, the producers would come by and they would fondle us and everything." We're all like, "Really? Oh, that's terrible!" You know, it's, yeah. Why just would the they story put, of yeah, why would
1: they produce that? Yeah, I mean, like even as a kid, I didn't like children's TV. Like I, I remembered a very young age, like uh probably like four or five. Like I would go over other kids' house and they put on like kids' TV, and I was like, "This shit's gross!" Like put on Child's Play or some shit, something cool. Like, can we watch RoboCop?
0: Like, yeah. It's like, I've got way better things to watch. I mean, there's an episode of G.I. Joe on right
1: now. Yeah. Like my, yeah, it was like, I liked, and when I was a kid, I liked animated cartoons. Like I did watch some Rocky and Bullwinkle and I liked, yeah. uh, I liked, I liked the G.I. Joe cartoon. I love the X-Men 97 uh yeah. from that era. Like that, that early nineties X-Men cartoon, which I loved. That was before. Uh, they're calling it X Men '97 in the reboot, but it was way before that because I remember watching that show when I was a kid. Kid, I was probably ten. So yeah, this yeah, was ninety, ninety three or ninety three or ninety four. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I love that show, and then uh, then like I loved like action and and horror movies and stuff as a kid, which my parents never didn't let me watch. Like, I'd be like, I want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. They're like, All right, you'll have nightmares. And I was like, Cool. Yeah,
0: it's like okay, I guess I guess. <laughs> yeah yeah but was, i never I remember like, my dad I never sitting like us down to though. watch robocop and the the scene where the guy gets melted in the acid and then robocop like drives through him and he just splashes everywhere yeah like, you know oh it's, that's just terrible
1: <laughs> i remember when i first started working in video stores when i was in high school that was my first career type job i started working at hollywood video as a 17 year old and then worked my way up the corporate ladder and eventually became a district manager there when i was 21 but um I remember talking with one of my film, like one of my coworkers, who was also went to the same high school as me, and he was like a diehard film buff, probably still is to this day. Where, like, he's like yeah. a walking, he was like a walking IMDb before that website ever existed. And I remember him being oh, like half of the yeah, entries. Yeah, and his name was Don Milner, and uh, and he he had like a he his voice was kind of like gruff. So he'd be like, I don't know if you know this, Denny, but the very first cut of RoboCop was an X rating for violence. And I was like, "That's why." yeah, and it was just like the way he said it was like very, but he was like, it was an X rating. And I was like, yeah. And he's like for violence. And I go, I watched it when I was like eight. Uh, And he was like, yeah, me too. It was a
0: hard R.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I was like, I'm pretty sure I watched that. And it was like. Even back then, I felt like the violence and the gore was so cartoony that it was impossible to kind of take it uh, seriously. You know what's weird is, like, I was never, I don't, maybe you're like this, but I was never grossed out by gory things in movies back in the 80s and 90s because it was—it did have that kind of cartoonish element to it, like yeah. the original Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff. Like, it did, it looked fake. Now it's so real that I can't watch it. Like now if I'm watching like a saw movie or something and somebody's finger gets cut off and it's like it looks fucking fully real I'm like
0: ah I can't I can't I got to look away.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 1980s with it now.
0: Yeah, the 1980s action movies like if somebody was going to get blown up you can definitely tell where they cut and then put the dummy out there to blow up. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. Like, like he's like, like, very like hey obvious. you
1: and then they cut to the thing and then he's like slumped over like this. He doesn't even look like a fucking person. <laughs> and that and was like so, you know, blood and guts yeah. everywhere yeah yeah and that was fine and then like now it's like it's legit some of the with the cg and everything it's like it's real real hard to watch
0: yeah uh, that first saw movie when it came out i went to the theater to go see it and i was uh just kind of i was having a blast from you know horror movies gone by and everything i was like oh man this is this is bringing back the slasher movie uh, genre and then like the whole time there was like this 18 year old chick and she right next to me just clawing this shit out of my arm. Every time the little uh, Muppet came out on the tricycle, she was yeah, more the, scared um, of that thing than everything else that was going on.
1: You know, what's weird about the saw movies is this, the first saw movie basically remade the entire industry forever. And what I yeah. mean by that is like, that was the first movie where they were like, you can take a micro budget and do a one location horror film. And it made millions and millions and millions of dollars, you know. Yeah. Brought Carrie Elwes back out of total obscurity, and yeah. it was just like, dude, you can do this thing in one location, and if you have a good enough script and decent enough actors, you can make a fucking amazing film. And th- not just horror movies, but that thing, that movie remade filmmaking for the next thirty years. And and you, so from that, by that regard, like if you think about what are the most um generationally impactful films of all time. That first Saw movie has to be in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a lot of people would like... say
0: Final Destination, but I mean it was it had a good gimmick to it.
1: But Final Destination wasn't one location.
0: Yeah, that was several locations. Yeah, that was and a, a, a big, of big budget. names in them.
1: Yeah, that was a big yeah. budget. They used a big actor in that, uh, Devin Sawa in the first one, who was like a famous child actor. And he had just done that movie Idle Hands. A few or maybe a year or two before that which was kind of a flop so like uh but box office wise it's later since become a real cult hit but yeah the final destination was like uh final destination kicked off all of those like the faculty you know it that was like all of those sort of horror movies phantoms scream like the gen the gen x horror genre movies like scream the faculty uh what were yeah. the other ones uh of i know what you did last summer i know yeah. what you did last summer that was the other one so yeah. that kind of kicked all those and final destination was part of that but saw really was the one who was like give us a fucking give us two cameras and a room and two actors and like a real twisted script and we're gonna make this killer movie i think that movie they made for like a hundred grand and it made yeah, something it was like- it was really super cheap and I think it made like $60 million opening weekend, which is insane.
0: Yeah. You want to talk about a return on your investment right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah, that came out in 2004, by the way. Uh, James Wan, who uh, we've seen several yeah. of his films, and uh, my girlfriend is actually friends with him. Um, oh, nice. So we've gotten to go see a lot of his uh, like movies and screeners and stuff that he's done over the years. But he, yeah, his whole career launched from that. Uh, that movie and yeah it was the f- it was
0: like craziest thing ever and it was like no one had seen a movie like that before and it's like it's like oh well it's got the guy from the princess bride in it so it should be good
1: yeah um it was shot on a 16 millimeter camera yeah saw so was given a production budget so the original thing they shot was thirty five thousand dollars And then they were able to get an actual budget from it uh, of one million Uh, dollars. And the shooting
0: budget, peanuts.
1: And on the shooting budget itself was only seven hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, for seven hundred thousand dollars shooting budget, and what did it make? Um. Oh, I gotta say, at least fifty million on that. It made six point four million in the first six weeks because it was in a limited run. Came in to gross fifty five million in North America, at forty seven point nine worldwide. So it made hundred and three million dollars with a total estimated budget of one point two million dollars. Yeah, that's insane. A hundred times your investment. Like Marvel movies don't even make that.
0: Yeah, and you know, everybody was, was talking for- about it. Yeah,
1: I mean it was it was a huge thing. People like you got to see this movie, man. You got to you got to go see this. And I remember going I to see I think I saw it. it about 3 times in the theater
0: before I got it. Yeah,
1: there. I didn't see it in a the theater at all. I think I waited until cuz I was working for the video stores at that time, so I just was watching everything. Yeah, you got everything, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what a what an awesome, you know, what an awesome kind of uh you know, origin story for a guy. And then it's like and what's funny too is a lot of guys who do something like that fucking go on and like don't have a career afterwards right like to have that one big debut yeah <laughs> and we, he went on and did saw in 2004 and then did death dead sent uh dead silence which was another sort of like low budget horror film and yeah. uh that that had if you remember it had uh ryan Quantin, who was the yeah he played, yeah he he was one of the main guys in true blood yeah he was uh um, Suki's brother. Yeah, Sookie's brother. Yeah. And then uh and then he did Death Sentence in 2007, which was like a like a vigilante movie. Yeah, Revenge. Then,
0: revenge movie with uh, Kevin Bacon. And,
1: and then did Insidious, which was actually a really underrated really good horror movie. And then The Conjuring movies happened in 2013, which is where he yeah, really Conjuring are, to blow up. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, so when you look at 2013, it's like so then he does The Conjuring and Insidious Chapter 2. Then he directed Fast and the Furious 7 um Because everybody in Hollywood has
0: directed a Fast and Furious movie, <laughs> which is like
1: that's insane to go in in nine years to go from making a movie with a budget of one million to that movie, which I think was the, the first one with that was the first one with The Rock. That was a hundred. That was probably easily a hundred million dollar budget. And then yeah. did The Conjuring two, and then in twenty eighteen did Aquaman, and now he's got his yeah. Aquaman sequel coming next year. So you know, to go from like doing little one million dollar horror film budgets. You know, it's it's not very different than, like, James Cameron or some of these other guys, but, like, to do it in this, like, in the 2000s, that's almost unheard of. Like, back in the day when, you know, there were, like, 10 directors in all of Hollywood, like Spielberg and James Cameron and all those guys.
0: Yeah, and James Cameron was another one that was like that because the first Terminator movie, that was all practical effects. It was, like, really the only CGI was, like, a couple of, like, the... Um, Targeting scenes. Uh and it was and really like,
1: really yeah, it was basic, really basic. bad CGI too.
0: Yeah.
1: But you know, but some you guys just,
0: like it was like mostly just drawn onto the film itself, and then they had like maybe the computer do the do the text. Yeah, and I don't, that was it. It
1: almost looked claymation, right? In that first Terminator. Uh um, yeah. But to go, but to like again, you think about this: like to go from Terminator to aliens to abyss. Terminator yeah. Two, his really only down spot you could say is True Lies, just because it was the only thing that wasn't like a massive, massive success. It was still fun movie. Yeah, it was like a
0: yeah, it was a goofball action comedy. So yeah,
1: yeah, and then and then Titanic, fucking ninety seven set him for life, and then he did this movie Ghosts in the Abyss and Aliens of the Deep in the mid two thousands that were not good movies, and then yeah. you know he's been in Avatar World since two thousand and nine. Yeah. Have you ever known anybody to spend fourteen years making a film? <laughs> no, there's no oh, wait, there's no. no
0: uh, art link letter.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. He did that. Well, yeah. He
0: won that one movie where he had to come back as the when the kid finally grew up.
1: Yeah. What was that boyhood mm-hmm. and it won all the awards and stuff.
0: Yeah. So, nice yeah, doing I mean, that. Starting a movie wait. and then having to wait for the kid to hit puberty and then come back
1: yeah i mean that's a that's a good idea i thought i thought that was a very interesting idea when it happened but but i mean yeah it's like you go back to some of these guys and and as much as people can like him or not like him or whatever it's like you look at fucking steven spielberg's hit rate it's like it's hard to argue there's a better director in the history of all filmmaking like and across all genres like yeah he's done it all to start with a horror movie and and then to do action movies and then to do like heartfelt comedies and war movies like he fucking made munich you know what i mean like people forget that that was steven spielberg you know Uh, or even that's actually a pretty good movie movie. eric
0: bana like stole the show on that one
1: yeah it was a great i thought it was a great movie um but you know like uh, you know obviously amistad saving private ryan amistad my personal favorite uh jurassic park shit the, but literally to make schindler's list in the middle of making the jurassic park movies is just insane
0: yeah pretty crazy pretty crazy you know and then you he's know, done I'm like one... really goofball stuff like 1941 and uh goonies you know it's like
1: yeah yeah i mean like you know silly fucking what did he do didn't he do polar express as well i thought that, uh, was, that was robert you know... zemeckis Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm getting my 80s guys mixed up. But, yeah, I mean, one of my all-time favorite movies was uh, Minority Report, and he did that one. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny because it's like he did Minority Report, which was incredible. And then if you look at the other movie that came out uh, from that director or from that writer with, around the same time, which was Paycheck, which was Ben Affleck, nowhere yeah. near as good as Minority Report. Yeah, so Paycheck goes was to show you. kind of silly. Yeah. I love the, I love the, like the writer has a great way of writing, uh, like stories, but the, you could definitely tell the difference between a Spielberg directed thing and, and not a Spielberg yeah. directed thing.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I remember yeah, watching minority like, report and, uh, the thing where he walks into the store and the store like reads his eyes and it's like from somebody else. And he's, like, welcome, Mr. Nakamoto. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah because he remember he had to get an eye transplant so that it would he wouldn't be id'd everywhere and Yeah, we we're all kind it of thinking
0: to ourselves it's like that'll never happen and you know now we've got you know mr wiretap in her pocket and-
1: dude isn't that crazy like if you go back and watch a movie like minority report and you look at that stuff and you go like wow that's so futuristic and it's like it's all here now all of that is here
0: yeah. now and insidious because it's not like as in your face as it was depicted in that movie
1: Yeah, it's like it's so it was like a slow burn. Like, I remember I remember like playing with the idea of a tablet when I was a kid. Like I used to I so I got like this is a weird thing to share. But when I was like maybe 10 or 11, I got really into like making my own toys out of like stuff. So like I would make guns and stuff out of like paper and cardboard and everything else. And I got really into that. And I remember having like a cardboard, basically an iPad that I use as, and I was like, this is the thing that I use to I basically designed the iPad on paper. Like I was a spy or something. Right. And yeah. that, that shit's like real now. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, it's just like a flat piece of glass, but it's a computer and it took my entire imagination. And then, you know, the Chinese
0: figured out how to make that a real thing yeah it was really crazy because i remember watching like quantum leap and then al was like you know pressing on the little thing the whole time trying to figure out it's like we now have something that doesn't look like it was assembled out of legos so
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah that was that was wild i I love that show too quantum leap i watched more of that when i was a kid than like kids programming stuff like that
0: it's the longest intro of all time it was like a minute and a half like can we just get (laughs) to the show
1: It was it was it was almost like they showed you every clip of every episode ever (laughs) going into the episode and then it was like the music
0: was like circular so it always like kept going around and around it's like can we just please get to the episode
1: i can actually remember i can actually remember the theme song of that wasn't it like Da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na-na, like that wasn't that it
0: yeah yeah it was like when it, it was like kept going over and over again it was like this intro is like going on for like a while i mean they could cut this down to like 30 seconds it would still be too long
1: so good yeah bring that show back and change nothing about it same cast, that's right same scott, scott bacula give <laughs> me the scott bacula that was actually a really good that was a really good show. The premise of that show was great.
0: Yeah, if they did it today, it would all be like YouTubers like going, "Hey guys, uh, I just want to get on here real quick and just say like I blacked out for like a good week, but apparently I did all of this heroic shit during that week. So if you guys know what happened,
1: yeah. <laughs> message me down below." <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is everyone always shares the clip of the episode where he goes back in time and he's like, "Oh no, I'm retarded in this one" and it's like a retarded kid in the mirror. But wasn't right. there one where he was like JFK or something? Or it was like Martin Luther King? Oh, there was one where he had to like be assassinated with somebody. There. Yeah, there was a Quantum Leap where he was. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Lee it was Oswald. like JFK. Lee Harvey, or or Harvey, Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Yes, yeah. yes. Lee Harvey Oswald, part one. Yeah, <laughs> this is hilarious. Also, I love that nothing he ever did was ever a problem for the continuity timeline of reality. Like, Right. I just love that it was just so, you know, his job was to go back and just undo all these horrible things in society and there was no no thought given to what that would do to, like, the present-day timeline or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like always the favorite episodes was when he became a woman. You know, it's like, then he to gets to complains about heels and everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was actually like, what was kind of cool about the way they did that show was they literally would just give you that one establishing shot in the mirror at some point of the episode. So you know what he looks like to everybody else, but then it's right. just him for the rest of the episode in dresses yeah. in drag and whatever. And it's like, I, I I would prefer it that way. Like if they redid it now to where, you know, it's like, that would be CGI'd the way you it. do it. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's the best way to do it is to show, just to have the actor in the stuff, and then, you know, you have that one establishing shot of how he looks like to the rest of the world, and then that that's all you needed. Yep.
0: Is that
1: this would be the all, way to do quantum, it? Is Quantum Leap on anything? Because I no, I want to like start it.
0: I'll go back. If it's, if it's yeah. anything, it's like Hulu or Netflix, one of the two
1: oh yeah I'll oh no they're they're already rebooting it god damn it nbc oh. what the fuck is wrong with you
0: lame i i it's gonna be so filled with what garbage it's not even funny
1: oh it's, sure. a, it's an asian guy quantum Repo. oh starring raymond, raymond lee god damn it
0: wasn't he the fbi agent in eight man one that had to so. learn how to do card tricks is that that guy i th-
1: yeah i think that's who that is of course he's asian Ugh, you know they just can't they can't leave well just enough alone Spin the wheel of a,
0: of oppression and find out which which group we're picking on this time
1: yeah it's hard to believe that this show
0: uh, excuse me it only ran it only ran for four
1: years and it was only 97 episodes it feels it feels like that show was on tv
0: for over a decade yeah, syndication that that's what it was it faked us all out we were watching reruns yeah, on the know. weekends
1: i know all the time it's just like and we didn't realize like i've already seen all these
0: i, I also want to say like Rhonda Shear up all night had it on a few times yeah and her whole thing was that. like doing like the b movies
1: <laughs> yeah i remember that was my first exposure to gilbert Gottfried when he would do up all night in her place oh yeah yeah, I remember being like, who hired this man with this awful voice?
0: He's terrible and everything. And then he was in the movie Telling
1: night. That's how he would do it. And I was like, where's the big titted bitch? Where's she? Bring her back. Yeah, we appreciate Bimbos around here. That's what we want. <laughs> that was that was the move. Yeah, that was the, That was the season five premiere, by the way, was a two part Lee Harvey Oswald episode.
0: Yeah. And then it just like abruptly ended with him with God in the, uh, in the bar during his, yeah, birth. that
1: was, yeah, that was the final. Yeah. That was the final episode. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's an underrated show. People should go watch it. Quantum leap started in 89, went to 93. The best Man, years, of, in the, the best years of the best years of our lives, 89 to 90. <laughs> I, I feel like the greatest years culturally for me, in my lifetime were probably probably like 88 89 to 97 maybe 98
0: fantastic i was yeah. uh, 10 years old in 1989 so
1: yeah there you go that's not a bad time i yeah. was like six or whatever but yeah it's like just your whole youth like probably age for me probably like age seven to 15 was probably yeah the best
0: Yeah, I got to experience 90s as a teenager, which was awesome.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can only imagine, dude. I was talking with Anthony Kumi about that over the weekend. I was like, dude, you know, to a fucking I I always tell people, like, honestly, if I could relive my life, if I could quantum leap it, I would go back. I would be born in 1960. Because think about this. You get to be a kid in the 70s. You get to be in your 20s in the 80s. Right. Or no, hold on, you get to be. Yeah, you're 20 in your 80s. You're 30 in the 90s. And when and then your 40s through 2000 to 2010, right? You so you still get some of the good shit because that's the hyper growth of technology. Yeah. You're in your 40s, and then to be 50 in 2010, to be 60 now, and on your way to death. I feel like that's the move. Like that's the perfect. Yeah, because then you're like too old to like really give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, like I wish I was. I wish I was already 60 and just like fuck this. I'm. I'm almost dead. Who cares? You know, like, but to, to, to be like, not even in my forties as shit is getting darker and dimmer and more terrible. That's not cool.
0: Oh yeah. Just, like I just turned 43. So I'm like right in the midst of it. So it's like, oh, this, oh yeah. yeah Fifties. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to be running all, all over the place and this is just going to be great.
1: <laughs> yeah. See to Yeah. If you could have been 20 in the eighties in your twenties in the eighties and in your thirties in the nineties, how fucking perfect would that have been?
0: Oh, it would have been just fantastic
1: would have been awesome dude like the well, 80, to be in your early 20s during the hair metal and fucking you know, the birth of hip-hop and then you turn 30 and it's grunge and nirvana and everybody doing heroin and the aids epidemic and you know just the greatest the greatest sports decades ever late 80s early 90s right? Yeah. Like ba- basketball has never been as good as when the fucking Michael Jordan shit was happening. Like that basketball has never been that good. Yeah, it's so uh, But basketball has never been as exciting. Baseball was exciting in the nineties. You had the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing. The steroids, yeah, everybody band. was on steroids. Yeah, it was great, <laughs> dude. It was great. And, and then the early two thousands, you had like new metal Nine eleven. If we're just covering the highlights uh, <laughs> war on <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, and there's like, what has happened since 2010 that's worth a shit at all that you like, if you, can you think of honestly, much anything, of anything. Since, can you think of anything in the last 12 years that you were like, boy, I couldn't imagine my life without that?
0: Uh, yeah, it's like maybe a smartphone, but uh, you know, in retrospect, it kind of ruined everything.
1: Yeah. It's like this. Okay. So the smart, by the way, first iPhone came out in 2007, so you don't even have to wait till 2010. Yeah you know it's like that was the first iphone was plenty good didn't have to it could have never gotten better and it would still be cool it would still be the coolest phone
0: yeah i remember like watching people like try to pass off like an ipod touch as an iphone oh yeah yeah they just hold it up to their ear like they were making a call it was like that's come on that's funny i know it's an yeah, ipod like, touch
1: yeah dude well i i missed that original aluminum build iphone and that'll come back like we're, we're gonna get to a point where uh. like even technology starts knocking itself off in the name of nostalgia. Like I guarantee you then they'll they'll do like 20 iPhones and then they'll be like the iPhone one. It's a throwback to the original.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people pay $3,000 for it. Like idiots.
0: Yeah. We even see that with the other gaming systems because now you can buy a PlayStation one. It comes preloaded with like a hundred games. You just plug it into the TV and play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, the, the, the death, the love of nostalgia has been the death of innovation where it's like, no, we'll just give them the old shit that they love. I mean, it's exactly what we just saw on TV. They're making a fucking Quantum Leap remake. Don't make that. Why don't you just this is what I don't think is this is what I think is fucking dumb. Why don't you just re-air the Quantum Leap you already own the rights to? That's is right. the same thing I say with remade films. Don't remake Jaws. Put it back in the theater. Re release it so that people can, so that like old guys can take their kids to go see Jaws and be like, this movie's terrifying. And their kids yeah, can I go, mean, ah, this is gay. The shark looks fake or whatever. That's fine. But like, <laughs> you don't have to remake everything. Just like re air the original. If the original's great, put it back in the theaters. You remake The Godfather, yeah. I'll fucking kill somebody.
0: And they'll do it. Yeah, they'll I remember do it. The- they reissued uh, Star Wars in the theaters again.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, and that was before gotta, they
0: did the special editions and everything. Yeah.
1: You don't have to remake Star Wars. Just put it back in the theater. It's not hard to do, man. You know, they'll remake The Godfather. They'll remake it with fucking Michael B. Jordan and Gabrielle Union. <laughs> fucking uh, Morgan, Freeman, Morgan Freeman will play uh, uh, Marlon Brando's part. Yeah,
0: they'll ruin it. Yeah, terribly. Well they already uh, messed up like Fahrenheit 451 when they put Michael B Jordan in there as the guy Montag. <laughs> I Remember watching that yeah, I, was, like, I going, mean oh.
1: that movie was trash yeah it was just bad and I and I love Michael Shannon but that movie was fucking trash. It was nowhere near it was like nowhere wreck- like nowhere uh what's the word I'm looking for it was like it, it didn't do the book justice. it didn't even do the shitty made for TV versions of the film justice that had existed before yeah. that
0: and even as a thriller it was like eh, i don't really care what happens to this character
1: yeah you want to watch a better version of the movie fahrenheit 451 watch equilibrium
0: exactly that movie uh to this day still holds up yeah it's a great movie yeah
1: probably you probably the- not only probably not only holds up but it was ahead of its time in terms of like giving the population drugs to keep them from feeling things so that they don't yeah. you know that they don't start war, but also so that they don't create art and have any beauty or love in their lives. Like, does, oh, that doesn't sound like right now
0: at all, does it? And, and their kids being uh, turned into informants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that was the other big part of the, of the thing, because like his son could tell that he had stopped taking this medication.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's it's just yeah i remember uh, that. uh
0: they also had that weird scene where uh he's off the medication he looks and he sees the lady like putting her hand on the on the on the guide rail for the steps and he's like oh there's a lot of people out here just not taking the meds
1: yeah yeah that's all of us unvaccinated for you
0: (laughs) yes i am also one of the unclean which is uh it was just hysterical
1: yeah it's wild dude you see that thing the fucking 32 year old comedian from Canada that kid Nick Nemeroff just dropped dead it's like and nobody wants to say that it's the vaccine
0: yeah yeah well, he died like of a sudden adult uh, death syndrome
1: yeah oh is that yeah SIDS <laughs> or SADS, Sads. SIDS yeah. is the baby one yeah yeah,
0: yeah he's he's sudden done, yeah, infant he, death syndrome
1: yeah also known as taking an intravenous inoculation yeah. that no, has never been tested Yeah, Yeah, they made they made the the cutest fucking child uh, performer uh, who's still a good looking adult into a disgusting uh, troll with a droopy face. You took beautiful Justin Bieber and you melted his (laughs) fucking face with your vaccine. Like and people are still believing that it's not a problem.
0: Yeah, I also like it was like, oh, I got an infection in my nerve in my face. I was like, yeah, Yeah. okay.
1: it's yeah we all know what happened bad news
0: news. just terrible just terrible am i
1: I, am i I tangenting over the format of the show or are we just fucking talking about whatever
0: no i mean this is this is the show i like to do like back porch episodes where we're just like having a beer and just talking over shit and if we get into a topic we get into a topic so there you go yeah it's uh rebel with a cause what's the cost? that that's up to you mostly it's liberty for everybody but uh, that, that scares people sometimes.
1: Talking about liberty. Yeah. Why would that scare people? If you're afraid of the phrase liberty or libertarian, like, go fuck yourself. Like these people, the only people that are scared by things like that are people who haven't given any thought to it. And those people yeah. are living in a dream world. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to, like, be able to just ignore the entire world around you as it actually exists?
0: Yeah, I think the 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 problem with most people is that would mean responsibility. And if anything that the government schools has done is like bred out responsible people. It's like, oh, wait, my actions have consequences. Yeah, yeah, they kind of (laughs) do. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's a, it's a pretty wild, uh, it's a pretty wild place. Yeah. You know, somebody shared a poll that I posted. I said, Does Will Smith, does anyone think Will Smith is actually gay? And I put yes or definitely as the
0: options. <laughs> How many responses of the no, he's not, because they can't? No, I,
1: no, because I did it under my super followers. And, uh, oh, and okay. So good. So I you, only, I only you had weeded like, out the I, weirdos. I, yeah. I only had like 10 super followers or something at the time, maybe less, like five or six. I don't know. It's such a new it's such a new feature for Twitter. People don't even know what it is. They're like, "What the fuck is a super follow?" It's like, "You just give like, me money cuz you like my content. That's all it is."
0: And only you get to see it.
1: Some tweets, yeah, some of my tweets are super follower only. Yeah. So, and you don't even know how many of them I put out there, but I like to put like real weird shit out there for super followers like I uh, just took a shit and tore the inside left part of my asshole. Anybody else? Like, you know, just <laughs>
0: like think like you want the behind the scenes. Here it is. Yeah. You just paid me $4.99 a month to know whether or not that's, I dude, pooped a J.
1: $2.99. Calm down. Who, who, All right. him five. You think I'm charging five to tell people about my
0: asshole. I don't know how it works. I don't have that many followers. So it's like, yeah, man, I, I'm lucky that I got up to 3,600. So <laughs> that's good. That's good numbers. It's good numbers it's not yeah, about I, uh, I'm gonna
1: say, it's not about how many it's how many you have it's about the quality of the uh the people right
0: yeah exactly uh i know that a good chunk of them might be bots or just people that hate hate watch and just <laughs> probably sit in the background just stewing about every tweet that i put out depending on how long you've
1: been on uh Depending on how long you've been on Twitter, there could also be people that just abandon the platform. Like a lot of people, like, oh, you have yeah. fake or bought Twitter followers. I go, no, I actually, I've just been on it for 12 years or maybe even longer. <laughs> and uh, so the people I've been that on like, since
0: 2011. So yeah, I know there's probably was, people that, just that aren't on there. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think it was on 09 or 2010 or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's been a while. So like, the, there was thousands of people that were interacting with my shit the, back then that aren't even on Twitter anymore yeah so and there's a way i'm there's a way you can go in and like clear that out but i you know i i don't take the time to do that
0: yeah who's who's got the time for all that kind of crap yeah it's like when i look uh i know there's like maybe a thousand accounts that don't like anything they don't you know respond to any of the tweets that i put out and some of the stuff i put out is pretty inflammatory you know if you're a realtor in seattle washington i would think you would have an opinion about that but you know they just they don't reply or anything so yeah, there's kind of a lot
1: of there's a lot of people that consume your content, but don't engage with it at all. So like, that's the thing that I think is funny is people look at my, you know, like my Twitter numbers and they'll go like, oh, man, you know, like a tweet has like 128 likes and you have 120,000 followers. You should have like 5000 likes. That's like, no. That's no. that. That data is not true for anybody. Like even if you look at somebody like Ricky Gervais, like his average tweet gets yeah. like, I don't know a cu- couple thousand likes. He has two and a half million followers or something. Like <laughs> it's it's uh, you know. And so you could look at a tweet, and a tweet has like nine hundred thousand impressions, and it could have you know five thousand actual engagements from there, and then of those engagements, only like maybe a thousand of them are likes. So.
0: Yeah, you know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who just read Twitter and then it was like, oh, that's funny, and then just move on to the next plane. Yeah, no, they're not going to like it. They're not going to respond to it in any kind of way. So, yeah,
1: here's a, here's a good example. So, like earlier tonight, I tweeted that the tickets for the new, the next censored live show, nice plug here, right at the hour mark.
0: Yeah, okay, Yeah, go for it. Yeah,
1: tickets that, that, for the next censored live show in Dallas, Texas, will be September twenty third, twenty fourth. They go on sale this Friday. That tweet has, I don't know, like uh what's it got 23 likes and it's been it's got 2300 impressions so the engagement rate is 3.6 promotion is always the lowest but like if you go at this like you go look at these different things you look at the percentage of of engagements to impressions like my super follower ones are the highest because there's the lowest number of people that can engage with it yeah um, but you know, like you look at something it's the that engagement has, rate that
0: we're looking for. So,
1: yeah, it's like, well, I, you know, they say anything around, I think like anything around 2% is industry standard. Anything over that is considered high, but it's like mine ranges from anywhere from like, I think on average it's about three to four. And then if you go, uh, to like ones that are super high, where is the big one that I had for. Let's see this. Oh, yeah. The big one was the. The big one was the Juneteenth tweet, and that got 13.9% engagement on 1.5 million impressions. Yeah. And it got 217. So here's the the data for that. 1.5 million impressions. 217,000 total engagements. So that means 1.3 million people looked at it and were like, "Eh," and then just kept on about their day. Or we're like, "Eh, that's not for me. And then just kept on about their (laughs) day of the one point, almost 1.6 million, only 200,000 were like, I got to click this. And then of the 145,000 that expanded it, 33 went in, 33,000 clicked my profile, 31,000 liked it. 4,500 people retweeted it out of 1.5 million. Uh, yeah, those numbers are skewed. What. It's like, but what I'm saying is, is like, so when people go, and that's a hit, by the way, 32,000 yeah. likes on a tweet for somebody with my account size is a massive hit, and that's how low the engagement rate is. So I'm saying that to be like, you know, 13.9 is insane, So these people that think you're supposed to have like 10,000 likes on everything because you have 120,000 followers,
0: nobody has that that,
1: Kim Kardashian does not have that level of engagement. Yeah. Joe Rogan
0: doesn't have that level of engagement on there. Yeah. It's
1: just like, you know, that's, that's lightning over 10% is fucking lightning in a bottle. You're one of the most famous people, Uh, but that, but by nature of being one of the most famous people, your ratio of followers far outweighs your engagement. You know, yeah. So like, if you know, if yeah. Not, and I can I like- tell
0: you those numbers are kind of skewed. I had a, a tweet recently where I went after some OnlyFans chick. It was saying, "Oh yeah, Christians don't ever adopt babies," and I was like, "It's like I'm not Christian, but I've adopted two kids out of foster care." You know. Yeah. And uh, that tweet had like over a million uh, uh, impressions, like thirty-four thousand likes, about it's like ten thousand retweets and everything. But down right. at the bottom, it said, "You know, new followers," just from this tweet, fourteen. I can tell you right now, I had 600 people follow me just from that. So here's a
1: good example. Kim Kardashian has 73 million followers, almost 72.8. She did a tweet nine hours ago that was promoting her products. 1,300 likes. Yeah. I mean, that's not a thing. (laughs) That would be like getting two likes. That's the same ratio of engagement I get on promotion. It's just, it's probably smaller, to be honest. But then, yeah. like, she just posted a picture of her with her sister or something, 36,000 yeah. likes. So, her average with 72 million followers, her average posts get between 10,000 and 30,000. But on average, 7,000, 1,700, 1,607, 4,006. It's the same fucking thing.
0: Yeah. Really crazy, really crazy how it all works. But I'm glad that uh, there's folks out there like us that are, uh, you know, try to keep Twitter honest as as least as much as we can.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it's just, it's so funny when people talk about like, uh, engagement, engagement's low, bro. It's like, you don't even know what engagement numbers are supposed to be or what they are, you know? Yeah,
0: all by percentages.
1: yeah it's like it's all it's all relative and you know it's like to get obsessed over that stuff is wild like you know and and that's the thing it's so hard to i I only started looking at that stuff because of the shadow banning shit that was happening and i saw i was like let me go in and look at these analytics and see if like yeah one good thing i'll
0: say about elon musk is it definitely shined a light on all of the crap that they were doing behind the scenes
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure. And who knows how it will change if, if that sale goes through and he he fixes it all, hopefully for the better.
0: Yeah, it's like people that I know that I've gotten like perma bans on their Twitter accounts, like all of a sudden we're back, you know, <laughs>
1: Yeah, but both of my both of my uh, my partners this weekend and the Orlando show, Anthony Cumia and Gavin McInnes, both of their actual verified accounts were uh, nuked of course for being for being conservative and pro Trump. Just being pro-Trump is like the worst thing ever. It's amazing how much the world has shaped itself around the hatred for Donald Trump. Like you can't like the, yeah, if you about this, the whole pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine is literally just a mask for pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Nobody really cares about the vaccine. They just think that if you have it, you're anti-Trump. And if you didn't get it, you're pro-Trump. And that's what they're targeting. That's. what oh, I can tell it. you,
0: I, I've got like goofball lefties for friends and uh, they say that they went out and got it because they weren't going to let Trump win. I was like, he was the guy who brought it to you. Yeah. Don't you
1: remember? He don't you remember when he was like, we had the vaccines and Kamala Harris came out and was like, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Oh, and then, and that's they, been my, and then uh, they got elected into office and they let him in on the fucking plan and they go, oh, that's genius. We're going to steal everybody's tax money and just fucking keep it. All right.
0: sure why not what we do is we'll we'll go out on tv and take a saline shot
1: yeah what we do is we give them the disease and then we force them to get the the cure and then they're gonna fucking pay for it they did with the vaccine what they mocked trump for saying about the wall they were like he's gonna we're gonna build a wall 10 you know 10 stories high and mexico's gonna pay for it everyone's like he's crazy and then they're literally like (laughs) we're going to give you a fucking life threatening illness that we designed in the lab with the Chinese to eliminate old people. And then we're going to invent the cure. uh, And then we're going to fucking make you pay for it out of your own tax dollars. And if you think you're not going to need it, guess what? We're going to make sure your job fucking fires you. If you don't get it. And we're not going to let you travel out of the country. If you don't get it. And we're going to ruin your life if you don't get it. So you better take it or else you're done.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much and it's uh really sad that uh you know all of us we've been like warning about this for years it's like no, they're, they're gonna introduce medical as tyranny and this is gonna be terrible just be wait and see and then i was like oh no shut up conspiracy theorist and yeah, then when it all it happens it's like and i'm then, waiting for my apology now
1: yeah and then and it's there never it gonna is. come
0: yeah and then here it is right on our doorstep just like clockwork right yeah a lot of people will give me shit for not you know taking edward snowden very seriously i was like i was around in the 90s i was trying to warn you guys about carnivore and echelon that later became google and you guys was like oh they're not listening to our stuff i was like there's a whole room at at&t that's just duplicating all all of the messages and uh voicemails and everything yeah do you remember go, when there
1: was that whole thing with the what was it was it the san bernardino shooter uh that that the whole thing came out with apple and tim cook about him being like we're not going to give the fbi a backdoor into people's phones like they want us to just give them you know access to these people's phones and we're not going to do it and i go no you're not going to do it for free you are going to give it to you're (laughs) already giving it to them you just need them to pay for it is what you're saying yeah it was like
0: like, we're not going to do this without a warrant i was like well they provided you a warrant and then they provided you cash and then you did it yeah
1: yeah exactly (laughs) exactly we're not going to do it without a warrant unless you pay us and then you can that's what we call data acquisition right like all of the tyranny that happens in this country now is done under the guise of data selling, buying and selling. Like that's yeah. the thing that people don't understand about Planned Parenthood is they go, how does how does Planned Parenthood function? And I go, very easy. They sell the data that they harvest by interacting with the public. It's like it's a, not, there are so many of these so-called nonprofits that are literally just data harvesting centers. Right. And then that data gets sold to other special interest groups that can use it to either raise money or create products to sell to generate revenue. It's all that. You're not going to fucking Planned Parenthood to get your free birth control. You're going there to give them your information. And they're selling that in aggregate to all these other places.
0: Primarily the United States government. Yep. Yeah, and then they also got caught selling baby parts and everything else. And then oh, we're yeah, all they, like, I oh, we can't believe they, they would all. do that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. We, we've actually been trying to tell you they've been doing this. That's why
1: I laugh at pro choicers when they're like, follow the science. I go, follow the science, right? It's not a person. It's a clump of cells. But but we're not allowed to harvest those cells for mesenchymal stem cells that actually can cure people of uh, infectious disease and prevent them from needing surgeries and rehabilitate and regrow their dead cells in their body like well, so we're if we're not going to use it for that science purpose, then what's the point, right? Yeah. Like, so I'll, I'll play devil's advocate with you, and I will go, sure, it's not a person. Let's use the parts then to create all this amazing medicine and everything in America that would wipe out the pharmaceutical industry. And they go, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Stem cell <laughs> research in America is illegal because it's immoral. Why is it immoral? Well, we can't take those human baby parts. Oh wait, I thought you said it wasn't a human baby. They go, ah, nah, 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 nah. what are you trying to? <laughs> use my own words against me. So if it's too human to fucking use for medical experimentation,
0: then it's too human to kill. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. I would just say, stop following the science and start following the accounting. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's just, you know, I mean, like it's it's, my, my whole argument with is it's the only, it's the only place in society. We allow a citizen to end the life of another citizen. It's not it's so it's a loophole in the law that needs to be closed up and we're getting closer to closing it up that's great
0: yep well josh i think that's a pretty good place to leave it off uh, go ahead and get your grift on buddy let us know where we can yeah, find
1: you. i'll just go to joshdennycomedy.com. people can find all my dates and stuff there shows for tax uh, texas this is uh, now what basically three months away for these uh, dallas shows but we'll be there the 23rd and the 24th uh four shows uh in dallas it's gonna be a great this one we're gonna do in an intimate venue we did kind of a theater last time we're gonna we're gonna do a small scale venue and then we have another big one we're gonna do in new york so people should stay tuned just go to my website joshdennycomedy.com you can get tickets for august new york september las vegas september uh dallas and then uh, we're looking to do Southern California, probably October or November. So just go to my site and they can find everything there. And then all my socials. And if you want to watch me get canceled every three to four months, just go to <laughs> Twitter.com slash Josh Denny and you'll find it.
0: Yeah, you get canceled for the same shit that was over like and over. Yeah, this point. yeah,
1: it's beautiful. I am I, the <laughs> only guy whose TV show is still trying to be canceled four years after it's off the. air. <laughs>
0: Not even Bert Kreischer can uh, can pull that one. So. Yeah,
1: nobody's trying to get uh, Bert the Conqueror canceled, right?
0: Like exactly.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big. Take it out of your bio, then, dude. Take it out of your bio.
0: It's so like fun. no, I leave it up there for you guys to go
1: crazy. For like, you that's... fucking idiots. That's why I leave it up there for you dumbs that just go right to getting people fired from their jobs the second you read something you don't like. You book burning homos, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, i love it i love it okay josh well thank you for playing along man we'll, we'll catch you around the timeline okay hey hey thanks for having me oh no problem anytime anytime all right folks and there he goes Josh Jenny. you can catch up uh, uh that's how i contacted him to get on the show so anyways guys also uh, i'll have the links and everything down below in the show notes uh we were making fun of that earlier so definitely smash the subscribe button uh, anyways guys, take it easy and we'll come back to you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause, out.